Well, it is good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. We welcome each of you to our service and have a number of guests with us. And we're just very glad to have you with us uh, today. Uh, had a chance to go for a very quick trip to uh, Richmond, Virginia for a meeting that the IMB does, International Mission Board does with uh, folks that teach missions every year. And I had a chance to meet our new president of the International Mission Board, Dr. Paul Chitwood. And uh, we came away very encouraged by uh, hearing from him. And I believe he's going to do a wonderful job in leading our board to even expand uh, the way that our mission board and Southern Baptists uh, reach out across the world uh, for Jesus. We heard some very encouraging uh, accounts of what God is doing. And that was a blessing to be a part of that. So let's pray for Paul Chitwood as he is learning uh, what it's like to head the, this largest mission organization in the world. And uh, we're just finishing up our Lottie Moon Christmas offering emphasis. So uh, if you still want to give, there's still a Sunday or so to, uh, to do that. I want to talk today about little things, little things. Sometimes we think little things don't matter, but they do matter a lot to God. Years ago at Elysian Fields Avenue Baptist Church, we had lots and lots of doors in that building, and we always had some folks wanting to get in some of those doors when no one was there. And one time somebody broke in and they came into an office where uh, the Sunday school uh, records were kept and where uh, offerings that came in through the Sunday school were, were given, and the counters had accidentally left some money on a desk. But the thief that broke in didn't take that money. It was an offering envelope and it had this little boy's name on it. I think if I remember correctly, it was a little boy named Jimmy. Uh, he rode our church van to, uh, to church every Sunday. And in that offering and marked on the front was 10 cents, 10 cents. And I thought, the, either the thief didn't see that or didn't think it was significant enough to take. But I remember reflecting on that. That 10 cents was important. Jimmy gave that 10 cents, uh, probably came from a family where 10 cents was quite a, quite a bit even then. And that dime meant a lot for him to give that. And, and it was an important lesson to me. The little things that we do for God, sometimes we think they don't matter, but in God's hands, in the hands of our Lord, even small things can become much. I want us to look today at John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. John 6, verses 1 through 14. And in this passage, we see where a little bit became a lot in the hands of of Jesus. Let me read uh, John 6 verses 1 through uh, 14. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, 
Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to, have to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was so much grass, there was much grass in the place, so that the men sat down in number about five thousand. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed it to those who were seated. Likewise also of the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is come into the world. Little things can become much in the father's hand. This uh, account is one of the only miracles given in all four gospels. It is an important account, historical event in the life of the church. Uh, one time as I was visiting Israel, we were in a, uh, the ruins of a church that was built probably in the 300s, uh, not too many centuries after Jesus was there. And in the mosaic floor that was all that remained almost of that church, there were uh, pictures of the five loaves, baskets of bread, and the fish. Throughout this mosaic floor, they were all scattered throughout. But most of them had been chiseled away. Only a few remained. Uh, evidently, when the Muslims took over the Holy Land, they wanted to destroy anything that uh, had to do with, with uh, Christianity. And they recognized very quickly that two fish and a basket of bread represented Christianity because that was one of the great miracles that the Son of God performed. And they thought they could wipe it out by chiseling away a few stones. But that story has not lessened in its impact and is still uh, one that is so often told today is one of the great miracles of Jesus, one of the signs that he is and was the Messiah. God does so much with the little that we often bring to him. One afternoon, a, a doctor, a Dr. Litchfield, was walking through a hospital in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, about, uh, and a young man was, saw him in the hospital and said, Hey, Dr. Litchfield, remember me? Dr. Litchfield didn't really remember him uh, and, uh, and asked where they had met. And the young man said, I visited your church. 10 years ago, I was having a lot of problems. I was having problems with alcohol. I was in trouble with the IRS over my taxes. I was having problems with my wife. My life was in a terrible shape. And uh, he said, I wanna thank you. 
And he said, what for? He said, for the sermon you preached that day. It was a great blessing to me. It made a difference in my life. You talked about personal responsibility and that we all had a responsibility to uh, get our lives where God wants them to be. He said, I got on my knees and I asked God to forgive me and, and asked God for help and my life straightened up. Uh, I got control of my problem with alcohol. Uh, my wife and my relationship is wonderful now. I'm not in trouble with the IRS anymore. Everything is good. Thank you for preaching that sermon. Dr. Litchfield was curious about this and he said that uh, in his early days of preaching, he would write something on, on his sermon text that he had written out or his notes. He would write some reaction to that. I can remember that. I used to do that uh, myself. And he found that he had written on this one sermon, he had written, dead in the water, no one listened, a waste of time. Yet it changed one man's life, or God changed one man's life through this sermon. And here's what Dr. Litchfield wrote. I have learned something along the way. If we offer faithfully to God what we have, somehow it will be used in a magnificent way. We must never underestimate what God will do with what we give. God can do so much with our little. We often think that what we do doesn't matter, but God can do amazing things through our small acts if we put them in His hands because Jesus is able to multi multiply them. Now that mother who fixed this little boy's lunch that day probably wasn't thinking it was very significant. We don't know much about the boy except he was a little boy. There's kind of a double diminutive use uh, showing that it was a little boy there. We don't know if he came with his mother, if he came on his own, if he lived nearby where Jesus had the crowds were and he wanted to see what was happening. We just know that he had a little sack lunch that he had brought, brought two loaves of, of uh, five loaves of barley and, and two little fish. Now, barley was a pretty uh, common grain, not valued as much as, as wheat. Uh, the bread that it makes is not quite as fine as wheat flour, although I kind of like barley bread, and I've bought barley and made, uh, made breakfast cereal out of barley, but yet it was much cheaper than wheat. Uh, these two fish were probably little. They may have even been salted or pickled fish, uh, just something to kind of give the bread a little extra flavor. And this mother, as she fixed that lunch, probably wasn't thinking it was very significant at all, at all. Just a little something so her boy would have something to eat at lunchtime. The same way today, mothers, as they fix a lunch for their child going to school or going on a picnic or going somewhere, might not think too much about it, that it's too important. You know, I didn't have a lot of lunches fixed for me to take to school. My dad was a principal, and he always insisted that we would eat what the lunchroom served because he was over the lunchroom, and he wanted to show support of that. And I quickly learned to like lunchroom food for the most part. So that was all right with me. 
But uh, a lot of mothers, I know my granddaughters, oftentimes will carry, carry their lunch. And I know that our daughter-in-law puts a lot of love into the lunches she fixes for them. Molly sometimes will fix her own lunch. She is a very organized little girl. Caroline will just take whatever comes along uh, with that. But uh, uh, we don't often think of a little sack lunch as being so significant. And that little boy was in that crowd of people. And uh, when uh, they were there, Jesus had compassion for them because this big crowd had, had followed him there. It was getting toward uh, late in the day and the crowd hadn't had something to eat. There was nowhere nearby to buy food. You didn't have a, a Walmart or, or a, uh, any other grocery store around. And even if there were some place to buy, there wouldn't be enough for 5,000 people to be able to provide, have food provided for them. So Jesus uh, asked his disciples, uh, where are we going to get the food for this? Where are we going to get food? And, and uh, uh, they quickly recognized that, that they were not going to have, that, uh, have enough money or have a place to, to buy that food. So when he said, where are we to buy bread so that they may eat? Uh, and of course, Jesus says, knew what he was going to do. He had a plan and he knew that uh, he had plenty of uh, ways to provide that food. And uh, uh, so when they were faced with this dilemma, uh, Andrew uh, came up and said, there's this little boy that has food. Now, why would he have done that? Uh, was he out looking for food? Uh, does anybody have enough food that we can share? Or did he know that Jesus could provide the food? We don't know all that went through his mind. But somehow Andrew, who was known for bringing people to Jesus, uh, Andrew brought Peter, Andrew brought others at other times, and Andrew brought this little boy with his lunch and said, there's, there's a little bit of food out there. And he brought it to Jesus. And of course, Jesus knew just what to do with that. Uh, says, uh, and of course, Philip had said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not enough to buy food for everybody. That was maybe six months of the average salary of that day. And if, if they'd had that much money, uh, it wouldn't have been enough really to give everybody enough to keep their strength up. So Andrew brought the little boy and uh, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these with so many people? This is so little and the needs are so great. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Just have them sit down. And of course, uh, as they sat down, they probably were saying, this means food. Uh, you don't sit down if you don't know where the meal's coming from, probably. So they sat down and uh, on the grass. It said there was a lot of grass there. So it was a comfortable place, a place, a good place for a Jesus-provided picnic. <clears throat> Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise, also of the fish, as much as they wanted. 
How did Jesus do it? Jesus did it the way he did things, as he wanted. He was demonstrating his majesty. He was demonstrating his power. He was demonstrating that he was the Son of God. But Jesus was not doing this to gain attention or to um, get the people dependent on him. For in fact, later on, he said, I'm not here to provide you bread. I am the bread of heaven. And unless you eat this bread, uh, eat my flesh, you will not enter the kingdom. So Jesus was doing this to prove who he was, but not to show the people that he was going to provide manna like God provided manna for the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness. But it was a miracle like that as well. Jesus was able to take that little boy's lunch that his mother prepared for him. Simple, basic, nothing fancy. And he was able to take it and multiply it because of his great power and because of his compassion for these people that day. Henrietta Myers, a great Christian educator and writer, said, serving God with our little is the way to make it more. And we must never think that it is wasted that which honors God and serves people. Even our little acts may make a huge difference in our lives. I remember one time years ago, I was in an office at the seminary and a postcard or a letter had come in from Africa. It was a, a minister in Africa who had written to the seminary because he had received a track that had been given out at Mardi Gras. Somehow it was given out to somebody uh, here in New Orleans and that track made its way to Africa. This man said, I read that track, I got saved, I'm a minister now, can you send me some more tracks for that? But that little track that probably cost two cents at that time made its way all the way to Africa and impacted somebody in a major way. Oftentimes we think, well, does that witness really make a difference? That person didn't seem to hear me, but God can do so much with our little. <clears throat> After they finished eating, there was way more food than they had started with. In fact, 12 basketfuls of leftovers just showing that after thousands of people had eaten, 5,000 men and all the others that were with them, there was still an abundance of food left. God's provision was not uh, used up whatsoever. Uh, and uh, he says, Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This truly is the prophet who has come into the world. They did gain the importance of who this was, but they did not yet understand what that prophet was to do in this as well. I mentioned uh, the tract at Mardi Gras. Another time, there was a young lady visiting New Orleans from somewhere else. She was from France originally, had moved to the United States, and she was visiting, and I think it was during Mardi Gras as well, she was not a believer. 
And somebody came up to her and began to witness to her. And I don't know if it was there on the street or if that began a process, but a young lady named Sylvie accepted Jesus as her Savior because of that witness in Mardi Gras and wound up coming to seminary at New Orleans Baptist Seminary. She got not only a, a master's degree, but she got a PhD degree and now teaches at a seminary in Illinois, teaches New Testament and Greek. Uh, who would have thought a witness on Bourbon Street or somewhere near Bourbon Street would have such an impact. She married a preacher and they have children now that are about grown and a little, a little impact, a little uh, witness wound up changing a life for eternity and many people have been influenced by that as well. We need to thank God for what He can do through our little things. Don't be afraid to share because they may not listen. Don't be afraid because you didn't get to go through the whole gospel. God can use even a morsel of the gospel to begin a change in life of somebody who hears the gospel. It was told that many years ago in Scotland, this elderly minister was getting ready to preach one Sunday and one of the deacons came up to him and said, I have something on my heart, pastor, that I need to tell you. Said, uh, your preaching, your ministry is not very successful because in this whole last year, we've only seen one conversion and it was but a child. The old preacher got up to preach with a hurting heart saddened because of this. I mean, sometimes before preaching, somebody, uh, people will often say things to preachers that don't make you the most excited about that. I'm thankful that doesn't happen here <laughs> much at all, but uh, you can imagine how he must have felt. After the service was over, he sat down on the front pew by himself, grieving, thinking about this, considering what his life was and was he doing anything for the Lord. And about that time, uh, a voice said, Pastor, Pastor. And he looked up and it was a little boy who had been saved that year. And he said, Pastor, do you think it would be possible for me to be a preacher or even a, a missionary? And the, the pastor said, yes, I think you can be a preacher and a missionary. Turned out that that little boy was Robert Moffat. Robert Moffat was one of the early missionaries to in the Southern Africa area and was used by God to spread the church in many, many ways. And yet that pastor was told, only one child saved. Your, your ministry, your preaching are not very successful. God can do so much with our little. Just like that sermon that the pastor wrote, dead in the water, no one listened. God used it to change a life. Let's not be afraid to share, even if we think we don't have very much. Jesus 
when looking at the temple one day, said the person who gave the very largest gift was not the person who put in a bunch of money, but it was the widow who put in two tiny little coins worth almost nothing. That was the biggest gift given that day because she gave all she had. We need to recognize that God can do so much with so little. Somebody wrote about dominoes, how a little domino can be pushed over and cause a whole stack of dominoes to begin to fall. This person wrote about a young man uh, who heard a message about missions. A man named uh, Robert Wilder, who had grown up on the mission field in India and came back to go to school in the United States, heard a, a mission sermon and signed a pledge saying, I will be a missionary. And because of his health, he was never able to go to India or to anywhere else on missions. But he did begin sharing about the need for missions, began preaching all around. One domino had fallen. During a preaching tour that took him through Chicago, uh, he spoke to an audience that included another Moffat, Samuel Moffat, not related, I don't think, to Robert Moffat that we talked about. His name is spelled differently. But uh, Samuel Moffat uh, was, uh, became a missionary and went to what is now North Korea. It was one country. Samuel shared the gospel there in uh, North Korea. Uh, one man named Kim El Sun, Sun Chu, uh, trusted Jesus as Savior. Another domino had fallen. A few years later, Samuel shared the gospel. Uh, well, uh, this began the Pyongyang revival. Pyongyang, we hear a lot about it, the capital of North Korea now, but there was a movement to Christ. I think it was called the Jerusalem of the East because Christianity grew there, because Robert shared, Samuel heard, Samuel uh, shared with this, uh, North, this Korean man who shared, and a revival was begun. Uh, in January of 1907, that revival began and confession broke out during the regular church meetings. Thousands of dominoes then fell. Those days of fervent prayer are now considered the birth of an independent, self-sustaining Korean church. So little. A young man who wanted to be a missionary and couldn't, all he could do was go around mobilizing missions here in the States. And a country is moved. A country is changed. A Revival movement begins in a country, and now South Korea is among the most evangelized countries in the United States. And they're just waiting to take the gospel back into North Korea uh, when that brutal regime finally falls. Little things mean so much. This little boy gave his lunch, maybe thinking, well, there goes mom's lunch. What am I going to eat? But soon thereafter, he had the opportunity to eat far more, if he wanted, than two fish and five loaves. In addition, thousands of others were blessed because his little lunch came into Jesus' hands, and Jesus was able to take it and multiply it. 
So often we think of our lives maybe as too insignificant. What can I do? This little boy might have thought that about his lunch. But God did amazing things when Jesus touched those loaves and those fish and fed thousands. And that story, that account is told now throughout the world and two fish and a basket of bread represents that story and is, is a very common theme in Christianity today. Jesus is able to do so much, even though we give so little. Let's be willing to give to him. Let's be willing to put our lives in his hands and just see what he does. Like Robert Wilder, who couldn't go as a missionary as he had pledged, but God used him in mighty ways. God can use each of you in mighty ways, in your family, in your uh, neighborhood, in your school, in your work. God is able to move and do mighty things with what the world sees as insignificant. Would you put yourself in the hands of the one who can multiply amazingly? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for Jesus, who is a miracle worker, Jesus, who demonstrated that he is the Son of God and that he has the power over creation. Lord God, we thank you that he can do so much with what the world thinks is so insignificant. Help us, O Lord, to recognize that, that our contribution is multiplied when it's put in Jesus' hands. And may we be willing to share the word of Jesus with those around us, knowing that Some will reject, but some, it will begin a process that will lead them to know Jesus as Savior. It may change a family. It may change a neighborhood. It may change a country, as it did in the case of Korea. Oh, Lord God, if there's one here who does not know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that this would be the day when uh, that person says, take my life, multiply it for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.